Father, thank you for this opportunity to teach your word today. Use me to impart your wisdom, your word, your life to those who seek you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Today is an amazing time. Hurricane Harvey has landed. Uh, this is Sunday afternoon, and <clears throat> the flooding and the rain and the tornadoes and everything else that has accompanied the storm is just uh, lingering. And there's tremendous devastation in our state and uh, people in desperate need all over Houston and all over South Texas. And I hear the rain torrentially pouring down even as people are being taken out of our neighborhood in boats today. And we thank God that our house is still dry and... Uh, but I can hardly hear myself because of the rain uh, so um, strong coming down. But we just believe God and we trust God and we love God and we know that we're His. And we, in the midst of all adversity, it just nothing else really matters when it compares to the relationship that we have with our Lord Jesus Christ. And I just want to talk about that a little bit today. I want to read from Second Peter, the first chapter, starting at the first verse. Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ have received a faith as precious as ours or like precious faith. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Then Peter goes on to talk about making our calling and election sure. An amazing concept. To be sure of our relationship and our eternal status with God. Starting at the third verse, His divine power has given us, past tense, everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him, there it is again, who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them, the promises, you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Verse 5, For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, 
Make every effort to confirm confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. And you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, here is where we want to be. Because we will, you will, with the Lord's help, make your calling and election sure. The English Standard Version says of verse 11 like this, Thus there will be richly and abundantly provided for you entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Isn't that beautiful? Our salvation is a gift. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We can't earn it. But according to these verses, there are things we can do that will make our salvation stable or sure. Paul mentioned the grace of God and his laboring in the same verse. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 10. But by the grace of God, he said, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God, which was with me. We have to labor to enter into Christ's rest. Hebrews 4.11 says, Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall under the same example of unbelief. Romans chapter 12, the first two verses. Reading from the King James. Paul says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present in your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How do we renew our minds? Through the Word. The Word of God is the most important thing for a Christian. This is the pure spiritual food and milk that we are to crave. It's Jesus Himself. And it will change us. The word for transformed is, is the same as, as that we use for, for when we talk about a, a, a caterpillar. When it changes from being earthbound, crawling around to a, a beautiful butterfly with wings, and it can fly. This word metamorphosis, metamorpho, this change he's talking about. That's the word we use, metamorphosis. It's the same with us. We, we're like this butterfly, in a sense. When we come to the knowledge of God, we, we change. He changes us inside first in our spirit. And as we renew our minds through the knowledge of the Word and relationship with the Holy Spirit, we begin to be transformed just like a, a, a caterpillar into a butterfly as we renew our mind through the Word of God and the help of the Holy Spirit. This is the truly successful person, I would say. What is a successful person? 
one who has become a living sacrifice. This is in God's eyes, not the world's eyes. I understand that. But a friend of the world is an enemy of God. And so I would rather know what God thinks of as a successful person. And I'm here to tell you it's one who has become this living sacrifice, renewing their minds, the way they think, coming into agreement with God, with Jesus, with the Word of God. Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. It's not easy, because the world and Satan are contending for your time, for your attention. And so most people have been programmed or trained to think like the world. We're actually born with that sinful nature. But just because we get born again, our minds don't actually get changed at that time. It takes effort. I had a friend who I like very much. He's a, he's a very educated man. He's a doctor, actually, and he's a great friend. And I like him very much. I think of him as a good person. But I'm not sure about his relationship with the Lord at all. He, he told me once, he says, you know, I, I have no problem with the church. I just disagree with them. I don't think they should tell me what to think. The problem is the world and the enemy of your soul has taught you what to think. You've been duped. And God wants you to come into the light to learn the truth. And there's only one truth, and it's his truth. And once you do, you need to kind of connose or empty out and learn who you truly are and who God is. You can rebel if you want. And if you persist, I say persist to resist, I like to say, God's ways, God's truth. If you resist those things, then he's not going to insist. If you persist, he will not insist. He doesn't want robots. He wants children who choose him for him, who love him as he loves them. 1 Corinthians 3.13 says, Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. God is a choice. A relationship with God is a choice. It has to be pursued. There's nothing you can do to earn it. But it's not easy to walk and grow in it, to enter and remain in that rest he's provided for us. Living sacrifices want to sometimes keep crawling off the the altar. That's the problem with a living sacrifice. But if we find ourselves having crawled down, we just need to crawl back up there and let him remake us and to teach us He's provided that rest for us. He paid the price for us. Moses tried it his way, and he failed miserably. And finally, after being in the desert for another 40 years, he tried it his way and his strength and failed. He experienced these four decades of hardship. He decided to do things God's way. God told him, grab that snake by the tail. It was his staff that he had thrown down. He said, pick it up. Moses was not a snake handler. 
he ran away at first and I I probably would have too but you know I believe at this time he had to make up his mind that whatever God wants I'm going to I'm going to do it his way even if it kills me and that's that's where I'm at in my life I I don't want to do things in my way anymore my way almost did kill me if it weren't for God protecting and saving me all those years and all those times I can remember and no telling how many countless times I cannot remember God spared my life I don't want to do that anymore I want to do things his way with what time I have left and that should be our all, all of our prayer God take what's left of my life and do something good with it do your will with it put your desires in my heart help me to agree with you and to live for you and you live through me and I'm sure Moses thought that grabbing that snake by the tail might kill him, but he was convinced he was going to do things God's way by then. That's how it is when we truly become God-possessed. You'll think it's going to kill you. Well, any hope of a good life or, or fun is over now, I'm, but I'm going to do it. Well, at least it, I'll be able to help others to find out this awesome news that I have. Then you'll go to all the people you think will be excited to hear about it, and they won't. They'll think you're crazy. They think you lost it. It's not that popular anymore, in the United States at least, to really belong to Christ and to live for Him. So many Christians try to look just like the world, and they blend in, and they've created this God of their imagination, a Jesus of their imagination. But a true Christian... It's not that popular these days. People think you're just some religious hypocrite. That your your own past and your own guilt and shame just drove you overboard and now you're just trying to make up for it. They have all sorts of reasons that they attribute to your new life. But that's how it has to be if you really want to live for, for the Lord. You you need to be willing to suffer for His namesake. doesn't mean He wants you to suffer with sickness or hardship or strife in your life. But if you suffer for agreeing with Him, then it's part of it. And you will. You were dead, but now you're alive. And God has great plans for you. Plans of hope and a future But you won't see it. You won't see it manifest in your life until you're willing to risk it all, to grab that snake by the tail like Moses did, to trust God. The end of yourself is a great place to be if it will bring you close to God, and it will if you allow it. You may be a great success in this life. You may have lots of friends and lots of money recognized in your community, in your workplace. You might even do lots of good things. People say you're a really good person. 1 Corinthians 3.23 says, The fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. What sort it is, not what size it is, or what the world says it is. You could be a billion dollar philanthropist and save every ape in the rainforest, but no matter what you accomplish... If it isn't what God called you to do, 
then you're really a failure and that work will be burned up on the day of judgment brothers and sisters we not only need to determine what God's will is and we can do that by renewing our mind according to the word with the help of the Holy Spirit but also his way we need to learn his ways Ephesians 5.10 says, find out what pleases the Lord. Just the fact that it tells you to do so means you can find out. You can know him. Jeremiah 29.13 says, and you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. It takes effort. Don't get me wrong. The Lord loves to provide for the needs of his children. And he is an extravagant giver. He will treat you better, especially after you put your trust in His Son, Jesus Christ, than you could ever treat yourself. But He pursued you for years. He protected you. He blessed you. He saved you from destruction again and again and again. Now it's His turn to be pursued a little by you. Jesus Christ, our Savior, lived a sinless life. He he bore our sin upon His body on the cross he shed his innocent blood to purchase us he rose from the dead and he lives today to make intercession for us yes he is mighty to save but i want to challenge you to come to terms with the lord part he is your lord and savior right in these troubled times as I still listen to the rain coming down after this terrible hurricane and the flooding that's taking place all over this great city, all the things happening, the division in our nation, the turmoil around the world, my, my prayer for you is that you make your calling and election sure, your relationship with Jesus Christ, the real Jesus. It needs to be a real thing. He wants it very much. And I hope you do too. And that you'll seek Him with all your heart. And His promise is you will find Him. What does His Lordship mean to you? How is He the Lord of your life? I love you and I hope that you and all of your family and friends are well and that Everyone is safe right now. It's, it's turbulent times and we're praying for you. God bless you. Father, thank you for this word. I hope that it does some good in the hearts of those who hear it. Bless them indeed, Lord. Protect them. Cover them in the shadow of your wings. In Jesus' name, amen.